look, uh, Lucas, when the year we met doesn't count for how old I am, all right? I know you keep iterating that in my life. You're not that important. <laughs> I, I feel like your life didn't really start until we met, so well, I don't know what you're talking about. I, I guess that's your opinion. Personally, I think it's when I met Michael, but... Wow. Yeah, well, you know. I mean, come on, you... Remember the first time you met Michael? You know, you remember where you were? Vividly. I remember what I was wearing. Nothing. I remember what I... Yeah, I remember... I was going to say, I remember what I wasn't wearing. Clothes. <laughs> clothes. <laughs> Underwear. I saw him in, in my clothes just rip off themselves. I was like, dude, get that little mohawk over here and... Credit card me with your mohawk. happening oh my god yeah i'm i don't know because i'm a, I'm a little nervous for this one. Oh my god it's fucking happening dude you know dude. what i learned today what's that that you have you seen the movie gremlins <laughs> um no i haven't you haven't seen gremlins i'm 26 Jesus man fucking christ that movie came out in like 69 okay don't insult me it came out when you were born man if I was born in 69, that's the best year to be born. It's the coolest year to, to be born. It's probably the worst. I mean, what I was getting at uh, before you insulted me was uh, that I found out that that movie uh, is sparked the creation of the PG-13 rating. Really? Yeah, because it was supposed to be kind of, it's basically a kid's movie. And it was supposed to be, it, it was so scary though and like intense that they were like, this isn't. This is too much for like children <laughs> under a certain age, so they invented the PG thirteen rating for for Gremlins. I, well, I mean, those things are scary, man. Like, it was freaky. <laughs> I saw it when I was a kid. You know, when I was born in nineteen sixty nine, when the movie came out, and I remember seeing it. And it, it was scary. <laughs> you saw it the year you were born. Yeah, and I remember. That's how much it stuck with oh, me. Oh wow. Yeah. I mean, yeah, because like I'm sure if maybe if we looked back on the movie today, it would be a little less. You know, for sure. Impressive, but Watch, like watching it, I literally just watched it like a month ago. It's not nearly as, you know. But I when don't you're know, one year old, everything's a little scarier. The the designs for them is like they're very like unique and like just scary, and they have all these like wrinkles and bulges and stuff. Yeah, man. It, the the gizmo or whatever, like before they turn evil, is like one of the cutest little Furby looking things ever. <laughs> yeah. And then when they go evil, it's, they are really fucking scary. I mean, so you got to wait until you're 13 to watch it, but I'm sorry. Okay, fine. I was going to put it on Hulu or whatever. And, and Just take two a little more years. Just two more years, Brett. And you're there. You're going to be very proud of me for this. Uh, I watched SLC punk last night. I'm pretty proud of you. That's like a coming-of-age punk uh, thing you have to do. If you call yourself punk and you haven't seen SLC Punk, then you're a fucking yeah. poser. I mean, I've been playing music in a punk band for a, nearly a decade now, but I'm glad to say I've finally entered into uh, being a punk, as they call it, being 
punk rock. Yep. Uh, Bob in that film <laughs> reminded me a lot, just in looks, of Michael. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> and so it was kind of like the whole time there was like this second part of my brain that was just thinking like, oh, that's that's my friend Michael from my band. <laughs> <laughs> now you know who he named his, uh, who he modeled his life off of. Yeah. Well, hopefully not the whole, his whole life. That's yet to be seen. Oh, all right. Well. (laughs) (laughs) And on that note, what's up, buddies? What's up, buds? Welcome to another episode of Earbuds Podcast, where two buds, me and Brett, Lucas and B. you and me. Yeah. Uh, The LBs is what we call ourselves. We're the pound gang. We're uh, BLP, Brett Lucas Podcast. That's right. Um, we listen to one good album for one good episode, uh, one good time. Once a year. Once a year. And, uh, you know. We're not going to tell you which one is the good one. <laughs> no, you're going to do some digging for that. <laughs> That's like hunting for truffles. They're, they're pretty hard to find. But, uh, you know, we're, you know we're, the, we're the pod odd couple of odd podcasts. And we finally figured it out. We, I think we finally figured out the best way. That we can incorporate both of those things. It comes right off the tongue. It slides yeah. off real easy. There's nothing confusing about it. You know it's exactly be, what we're talking about. It's going to be super easy to describe the design to uh, whoever's making our t-shirts. <laughs> Which might be soon to come. That's We might have some big news, buddies, but we're not going to say anything about it yet. Because uh, <laughs> before we get to that, we need to get to the album that we're going to talk about today. Which uh, I fucking enjoyed a lot. I and mean, it's... An album called Magic by a pretty unknown underground hip-hop artist, Nas. Have, I don't know if yeah. you've heard of Nas or Naz. Naz. Uh, I think Nasty Naz or Nasty Nas. I think it's Naz, Nastradamus. Yeah. Um, yeah. Is one of his He's nicknames. A, you, you might have heard of him. Uh, he released an album called Illmatic in like 94. 94. And then I think this is... The next project he made. Yeah. Um, it's either the, this is either his second record or his 14th record. No one's really sure. Right. Wikipedia said that this is his 14th studio album. So I, I kind of, I believe everything I read on Wikipedia. So let's just go with that. Sure. Yeah. Man, I love me some Nas. Man, I, I, I'm, I'm getting into it. Uh, we listened to this record. I listened to Illmatic in college same here, so yeah. long ago. I feel like that's uh, one of those like college records that people listen to. Like how many people had an Illmatic poster when they moved to, you know, got to college? <laughs> like you had Illmatic, Bob Marley, uh like what? Dylan maybe and like, like Scarface. Fake Led Zeppelin. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Led Zeppelin, Boondock Saints, <laughs> Scarface. Uh I but- saw, I also heard Illmatic for the first time in, in college. But yeah, man, I you brought this record up to me. This is the latest record he did. He has been releasing a lot of stuff lately, actually. Yeah. He released King's Disease in 2020. Is that right? 2019? I, I think he, yeah, King's Disease uh, 1 and 2 were released in the last couple of years. Yeah. And then he released this album uh, the same year as King's Disease 2. Yeah, Which and he's is, saying that this album is just a just like a while you guys wait for me to finish King's Disease three, I'm gonna put out <laughs> this you know some bullshit or whatever is like what he made it sound like, and then it's just, this is a, a really fucking good record. 
Yeah, it's uh, he's been working with Hit Boy, mm-hmm. which is an insane producer that's been active Dude. for two decades now. Yeah, and to think that he is producing, he's like Nas's sole producer for the last like four or five records that they've put out is right. Um, is incredible to think like you know with such a legend like Nas just going, I like you. Like I want to do. I only want to hang hang out with you. You know, Hit Boy is a legend too, man. He I don't is, know if yeah, you. He uh, is. I like just recently looked into his discog for this episode. I I had no idea he was like helping write Good Kid, Mad City. That he helped write Beyonce and Lemonade. Mm-hmm. Uh, he made Backseat Freestyle, which I know you'll be very oh happy about. Oh my god, dude! My favorite <laughs> Kendrick song ever. I mean, what a dude! What a beat that thing is. Oh man, I had no idea that he did that. Now I gotta look it up, dude. Uh, he. I mean, he. He also wrote a lot of other hit songs. He did "Stronger," "Mary J. Blige." He did uh, an Eminem song that got pretty famous. I forgot. What oh it man, was. he he produced "Click" by Kanye West, and it has like Jay Z and Big Sean on it. I love that beat. Yeah, yeah, he produced. Uh, you know, "Blank in Paris." He produced Trophies by Drake, which is like one of my favorite Drake beats also. So this oh, guy man. is... this guy's been in my life for so long. And I he had is no prolific. Idea. Wow. He is, he's, he's not just some dude that Nas picked up off the street. You no, know, no like way. It's insane that these two, it, they must have sparked some kind of friendship or something because they've been working on the last three records, another one coming up, mm-hmm. and... Uh, if you look at the credits of King's Disease 1 and 2, you'll see that there are a couple other producers. There are a good amount of writers. There's a lot of features. But this album, Magic, has one producer. Yep. And it's Hit Boy. And they have, like, two features, DJ Premier and uh, ASAP. Which I thought DJ Premier is such a cool feature, man. Yeah. And it was like... Just getting DJ, uh, DJ Premier to cut up some stuff for your hook? Like, how fucking cool is that it's such a great idea to like feature a dj i I don't know if i've seen that before yeah i mean i'm sure it's it it might have been something done more back in the day back when rap was finally getting its legs and getting into the mainstream yeah uh but it's it's cool to see it that it's kind of happening now and you know with uh uh tyler the creator's newest album he he's kind of got it. He's got a DJ going through the whole thing on on damn. Oh, uh, cool. Kendrick has a DJ going through the whole thing, uh, and so it's it's definitely making a comeback. I didn't realize that about damn because I've, I I remember that record, and so is Good Kid, Mad City. Every song on it had a different producer. Yeah, well, it's it's like the guy who like Kung Fu Kenny. Yeah, well, that's you know, Kenny like, Beats. Is that not? Oh no, that's not Kenny. The guy saying it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like, man, he had Kendrick had some badass Kung Fu Kenny uh, Nikes that came out. He came out with uh, <laughs> yes. yeah, with he did like a collaboration with them with some Cortezes, which are like really cool old school. Those old school fluffy potato shoe Nike like running shoes that like Forrest Gump wore. Which you <laughs> Forrest Gump came out like two fucking years before you were born, so I don't know what I'm talking about. But I mean, I I've seen Forrest Gump. Okay, see that's surprising. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I didn't expect you to have seen it. I, I've seen 10 movies that came out before uh, 2010, probably. Yeah, anything that came out before Blade 3, you're like, I'm not about it. <laughs> and I've seen oh, I've seen Blade. 
Okay, yeah, that's right. We were talking about that recently. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I've seen Blade many times, but I, but I did when Blade Three came out. I was like, mm, this is probably a good time to start watching movies. I guess. Yeah, you were like, this might be the pinnacle of cinema, but I have to see what led to this. Right. Yeah. You're like <laughs> Ryan Reynolds in that movie is electrifying. But uh, it, this is something we'll talk more about on uh, Soul Buds and uh, yes. I buds. I buds. Yeah. No, man. This uh, this record. There's no beat that really stands out from Hit Boy, but it has this consistent East Coast. It's not too aggressive sounding, but it's not that chill. But it is kind of chill. Like there's just a, a consistent vibe throughout the record, and it all just works perfectly with with Nas's lyrics and delivery, man. Yeah, I think it's a I think it's a fantastic vibe through the whole album. I really wanted to listen to more of Nas's stuff before the episode. I just didn't have time. Right. I mean, he uh, is so, so prolific. Like we said, this is his fourteenth record, man. So yeah. I, so I don't I don't know if this is a vibe they've been working on the last two records. Yeah, I haven't heard King's Disease one or two. But it's 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 very smooth. It's it's it can be ethereal at moments. Mm-hmm. At at some moments, it sounds like. Hit boy like listen to a lo-fi chill beats to study to playlist and yeah. kind of got inspiration from that. Yeah, like on Ugly. Um, yeah. Yeah, and I'll meet Joe Black. Like those two songs, which are back to back, like have these kind of warbly, dreamy um, things going on. And I mean, a lot of synth on this record, and just like eight oh eight kick and drum, you know. And but he kind of plays around with the what he uses for the bass. On some of the songs, he has kind of more synthy, uh, you know, almost '80s sounding bass on some songs, and then he has the classic like '808 really deep bass on some others, and then he has like early '90s like gangster Snoop Dogg type funk synthy yeah. bass too. Like really, it, and and it's interesting that it could be so cohesive throughout the whole record, and uh, yeah. and I loved every beat on this album. The, the beats throughout the album, the, the drums are usually pretty consistent. It's a very kind of boom-bap feeling. Yes, you know, very East Coast. Uh, but I feel like every other song kind of... <laughs> like, every other song is ethereal, and then every other song is, is a lot more uh, boom-bap and a little more focused and a little harder. Yeah, and Nas does a really good job of matching the energy of the song. Because he, he's really good at switching up cadences a lot, too, which is really cool. But I think he's especially uh, masterful at hearing the beat and knowing exactly how he should deliver the lines. How fast right. he should go, how slow he should go, how hype he should sound, vice versa. Like, there's not a lot of rappers have, you know, ton, obviously a ton do. But I'm saying, like, on, in a, as a majority of, like, what you hear on the radio, there's not a lot of that nuance and, like, dynamic range of someone's delivery right and it i think it could be pretty obvious that a lot that has a lot of that has to do with the chemistry of hit boy and nas by now they kind of they get each other they understand each other maybe they're even kind of pushing each other you know yeah for sure i i wonder how much of it is hit boy uh directing a little bit you know, like how much did he produce Nas's side of things too? But I mean, at this point, 
it's Nas. You know, like we we know his. <laughs> sure. We I've heard him throughout the tra- trajectory of his career, and uh, I'm not gonna. I'm gonna assume that he knows that just you know how to do shit the right way. <laughs> he doesn't need someone to tell him. No, like it, Nas is definitely just. He he's got himself figured out by now. I yeah, assume. man, amazing, uh, amazing lyricist and storyteller. Uh, it's right. so cool that every song can have he has a focus on every single song. And if you didn't know, just like I didn't know that every song is kind of about something, and you're not following along with the lyrics, I don't think you would pick up on it. But it's that that deeper appreciation that you get when you dive more into. The, the lyrics of this like following along on genius and knowing what the song right. is about you already know that he's an amazing like lyricist and um writer and songwriter and the style of his delivery is really cool like the way that he can just the way that he switches up um his rhyming like what he's right like focusing on rhyming like that last word He'll do it for like three lines and then he'll switch it up on you. You won't even notice because it's done so masterfully. <laughs> but a lot of times, man, that's that that throws me out of that takes me out of the song a little bit sometimes when I hear them trying really hard to get to the next rhyme. Yeah. And like, you know, just going from like ride, energized, reside, like for three lines, and then the next three lines is childhood, good, outlook. And like when I break it down that way, it sounds really fucking amateurish and like, <laughs> like a you know, uh, not not that impressive. But it's the fact that he but, is doing those all these internal rhymes in between lines to be able to get to the next thing, and it's all still on point and on topic. And I mean, he's just it's he's insane. just a veteran. He knows how this thing works. He's been through the, you know, he's been through the trials and tribulations of a rapper he's had his probably the worst thing that can happen in your music career which is making a debut album that many still consider to be your best yeah that uh i mean what a like double-edged sword or you know blessing and a curse it is to have your debut record become a classic in the genre yeah because it's constantly going to be compared to that. He is, and he mentions that on this record, right? Like, yeah, I mean, it it's something that I'm sure is present through his entire career because he's always tried to keep going and evolving. And there was a long time when people just kind of didn't care about him, and then he came back, and then another little hiatus, and now he's back again. No one really, I don't think anyone really expected him to go this hard this late in his career. Yeah. With like it's three impressive. consecutive albums in the last couple of years. Yeah, you know, seeing the reason I picked this record uh, was because I, I saw this album on a list, a lot of people's best of 2021 hip hop lists. And I didn't even know this came out last year. And, you know, I'm a fan of Nas. Even I, I've, you know, I, I he's he's not something I'm constantly listening to, but I, I love Nas and, and especially, you know, Illmatic and the Lost Tapes, like the Lost Tapes, was what got me into him, which is such a cool concept. I don't know if you've heard that record. Uh, I haven't. I, I think I told you about this, but it's the Lost Tapes is uh, there's a bunch of I don't know if it's one producer or a bunch of producers that just like you know Nas had all these beats just kind of lying around, and he he has notebooks like just tons and tons of notebooks of lyrics that he's never used. 
So the lost tapes is him just kind of going back into those notebooks and picking lines here and there <laughs> and just throwing them together into a two and a half minute song. And it's amazing, especially when you find out that that's how he wrote it. That these are just existing lines that just he thought weren't good enough. And it's almost like, well, here's this shit that, you know, never got used. I'll just throw it on a fucking CD. And it's incredible. That just goes to show that this guy is like, he's, as he says in one of these songs, he like gave his life to, you know, hip hop. And he gave his life for this. Yeah. Uh, And just the fact that he has notebooks, books and books and books of lines that, he just hasn't even used. Yeah, it really it bothers me that um, you know Kanye is so considered a genius. By he's considered like a Mozart of our generation, uh, and then he's someone who's like I don't even write my lyrics down. Like whatever. <laughs> well, I mean that's I think that would be an argument to him being a genius. Nah, is that he doesn't even write his. It wasn't until. Uh, dark twisted fantasy that was the first time he wrote down his lyrics yeah but he's not i don't know we can we can get into we'll we'll talk about this on kanye buds but we'll get more <laughs> on into our it. separate <laughs> special account yeah. where we just talk about kanye yeah where we mostly just talk shit about him um but yeah no Nas is is by far a legend and and you know i th- following him throughout his career he hasn't always impressed me like I've definitely heard stuff that just sounded it sounded like at times that he was going down like the Snoop Dogg path of just not having to try very hard because of the name Mm. and uh, in this but this album his lyrics are incredible and he is just still he sounds the same as he did on Illmatic to me and to me this is with how much I love Illmatic this is almost at that level of wow, that is quite a claim for an in-between like intermission album. That's what I mean. Like when I found out that this was just you know his line where he says like this is just a uh, getting buzz going for King's Disease three. Yeah, to, this is to feed the buzz. Feed the buzz. I'm like this is he's just like if this is just a taste of what's going to come on King's Disease three, that might be like one of my favorite hip hop records in the last you know 15 fucking years. I mean, I think. Obviously, like when we're done with this episode, eventually we're gonna like listen to the King's Disease one and two and get hyped for King's Disease three, which I I guess it seems like it's gonna come out this year. Uh, I'm yeah, I guess so. I, or I watch guess, it; it's gonna be one of those things that's like fucking Chinese democracy, and it won't come out for 15 years because they built it up so much and people were so hyped for it, you know. <laughs> like I fully expect Kendrick to come out with an album this year, but then I could see it not fucking happening too. You know, I you know every we could it, <laughs> we we might talk about Kendrick on another episode, but, yeah. but that guy, I I don't know how he keeps doing it with with this reputation he's built and like this this pressure on his shoulders. Did you hear the feature that he was on with? Uh, man, I wish I could remember the name. I'll I'll look it up later. But uh, he was on a feature on someone's song that I never heard this person before, but they were really good too. And his features in like. It is at, you know, to pimp a butterfly level, like good kid, mad city level. And I'm just like, Kendrick hasn't skipped a beat, man. And I can't fucking wait to hear something from him because like, we need to hear what he has to say about all this shit that's happened in the last two fucking years. You know, like he mentioned the pandemic 
in his feature, and I'm just like, he's gonna he's gonna have so much shit to say, and I can't fucking wait to hear it. That's why he's the goat, man. He might even it might just be like a whole double album with oh all the stuff God. that he needs to say. Can you imagine like a double album, forty six songs, forty six producers, <laughs> just like all killer, no filler. If he reaches that that some forty one level of all killer, no filler on his next album, like I <laughs> we, can't. People wait can to only hear it. hope to be as as killer as some forty one. Yeah. was at their peak. I mean, they uh, were you know they were at they knew they were at their peak because they named their album all killer no filler man. They knew it going <laughs> into it. Uh, but let's get back to Nas, man. I want to keep talking about some forty one. <sighs> I mean, look, me too. If you don't think Sum 41 was a crucial part of my musical upbringing, you are sadly mistaken. Yeah, I mean, me and uh, Christina have jammed their songs multiple times, like in the last few years, and just sang along to every word, you know? <laughs> I mean, but that, we'll, we'll save that for Bud's 41. We have a lot of... That was the big news, <laughs> is that we have like 30 new special unique uh, podcasts coming out. Yeah, because we're tired of not being able to talk about Sum 41. On our podcast, so like, let's just make a Sum Forty One podcast. Yeah, I, yeah. But this is the Nas episode, so I agree. Let's go back to Nas. You know, one thing that I, I like about this album. To. What's one that? One thing that I might like the most about this album: three minute songs. I mean, that's a, that's the thing, man. These this twenty nine minute nine song album, short songs, just get straight to the point. Yeah. All killer, no filler. Give me a fucking Zach Fox, like, shut the fuck up talking to me. Give me a fucking, you know, like, Tierra Whack. Uh, Which one was that one? The 15 minute long one? Whack World? Whack World. Give me that. Give me a fucking Magic by Nas. Like, this is the perfect length of a hip hop record and perfect length songs. You know, any Action Bronson record. Give me more of that shit. And, you know, I, I don't know why we. It, maybe it's just because we have life to deal with. That like <laughs> that, it, that anything over 35 minutes feels like a slog. It feels it, like, dude, where am I going to find 42 minutes to listen to a record? Like, are you fucking kidding me? Unless you're like a professional. Right. And maybe even if you are a professional, there's no way you can like sit down and focus on like an hour long album. For- it just has to be so... With the point I am in my life, it has to be so captivating to keep me to want to listen to an hour's worth of music of the same band, of the same genre. I love listening to seven different genres in an hour. You know, that right. I, to, to have me listen to a metal record for an hour, it's like, you better make this so interesting and good <laughs> that you're going to keep me for this whole fucking 60 minutes. It It might just be a thing with you and me, but... It's it it is a lot like that. I need like I need different things. I can't listen to one genre for, you know, 3 hours straight. I can't Yeah. It, it's really hard for me to listen to one band for an hour straight cuz you Same. listen to you listen to a band, you expect a sound. It's nothing against them. They're the band. Right. You know. But one of my uh, favorite things about listening to music is discovering new music through the music I already like. So I, I <laughs> like I love uh, things like you know Spotify radio where I can just make a radio station based off of a song that I love or based off an album that I love and I, I've heard five new bands that day yeah right that's that's my favorite that's my favorite thing to do with music now is discover new music I just want more 
And that's why you have that prestigious, uh, you know, like Nar Nugs radio. That yeah. you focus so hard on that you only release like a couple episodes a year. Yeah, it's so prestigious that you don't you didn't even get the name right. <laughs> <laughs> but no, that, I don't know, man. That was we the have whole. So point. many fucking nug words. Oh, I know, man. I, I don't have like I don't have enough creativity to come up with anything else. So I'm just building off of nugs. Your entire brand is like the word nar and the word nugs. <laughs> so it's like <laughs> so true. <laughs> My whole personal brand. but that was the whole point of that podcast was like you know i as much as i enjoyed talking about you know one record for an episode like i love being able to break it down that much like the minutia of it i that's not how i usually listen to music right so a playlist is what i like to listen to and i've gotten so many complaints from people that hang out with me that i put on the most (laughs) random shit you know back to back that they feel like they can't get in like a mood because I'm I'm going from country to to you know metal, yeah. And to me, that is the mood. Every it, four minutes, like, I get to have a different mood. The mood lasts as long as the song does. Yeah, and I love that that these songs on this record are three minutes, three and a half minutes. Like yeah, and it's, Earth Gang, it's a, I love you, but your songs <laughs> are too long. All right. This this record is exactly how you like it. It's got one beat through the whole song. The song is three minutes. Yes. You know, exactly it, Action it, Bronson style, you know? I personally, I prefer something like uh, you turned me on to an album by Homeboy Sandman called Humble Pie. Oh, man. Yeah, that's way and, more manic and all over the place. Yeah, I like yeah. beats that like evolve throughout the song and that are just like... So many things are happening, and in, you know, that's just me. I still like. I, still I mean, think really like to pimp this. a butterfly, right? Think like a, a dam, where like halfway through the yeah. song, the beat completely changes. Right, and you know, it's, I could still enjoy albums like this where there's uh, just one beat going through the whole thing. I think the only time it changes is the last song where it like switches up halfway through, which I liked a lot. Uh, but when it's you know, the best way for me to ingest this music is when the songs are short and focused. Right. And it's not like dragging along for no reason. Right. Um, no, I, I totally agree. And I think the only thing, the only downside to that um, is that I don't really like the brand of hip hop. I don't gravitate towards the brand of hip hop that they use for their hooks. They kind of repeat. It's kind of them still rapping. A little bit, yeah. and they just kind of repeat certain lines for every you know hook or every chorus. And I especially don't like it when it's packaged like this, where the beat doesn't change at all either to just to kind of differentiate between the verse and the chorus. So I don't really know that he's doing the chorus because it just <laughs> sounds like more bars until he repeats it a minute later or whatever. Right. And and so I I don't really like that type of hip hop songwriting. I think people like Denzel Curry pull it off really well, but I don't think a lot of people do pull it off very well. Like I, I almost would rather have like a singing hook on every hip hop song, <laughs> you know? And that's just kind of, that's, you know, my personal, that's my personal sure. thing. Uh, but outside of, I, I don't think there was one hook that I liked on this record, but, <laughs> <laughs> but I, I loved well. all the verses. <laughs> and I got to say, man, the one feature of a you know a, a rapper on this is ASAP Rocky, and I've never once been impressed with ASAP Rocky. 
before you know, this album. And he fucking killed it on his feature on this record. I, yeah, I've I've never really gotten into Rocky or anything. I've I've I, I've heard him around, obviously, but yeah, I've heard uh, a bunch of his stuff, and I've never been impressed. It's not like he's ever stood out that much. No, but he but, was your favorite. He was on your favorite Action Bronson song from the the White Bronco record. Yeah, Swerve on him. You loved you loved his feature on that one, and I didn't really like it that much. Yeah, uh, and I think he he does like a minute long verse on this song, and I think it's I think it's great, and I think it's cool how uh, Nas kind of starts his verse in the same way. Yeah, you know, talk about like getting up in the morning and like uh, Rocky <laughs> rolls a J and uh, Nas puts on his do rag and stuff. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I gotta say, man, like the the difference in uh, the workmanship <laughs> that I'll put it that way of ASAP Rocky's <laughs> verse on this song versus on Swerve on him with Action Bronson is like night and day. He sounds like he really wants to fucking, you know, he's like, I'm on a Nas song. <laughs> Nas is featuring me on it. Like it really sounds like he's trying really hard in a good way. And, uh, and I'm, I was very impressed with his feature. Sure. No matter how big you get, ASAP Rocky's probably one of the more prolific rappers today. Is he? Uh, I think so. I mean, I see him everywhere. <laughs> I think so. <laughs> I fucking see him everywhere. I know he's, he's a not, celebrity. Then... I know he's one of the biggest names. I just don't know how much music he actually still does these days, you know? He's almost like a fashion icon in hip-hop more than <laughs> a rapper icon. I mean, I think he just mostly features is what it looks like. Okay, yeah. See, yeah. That, that doesn't surprise me very much. He's like, dude, he's, I'm he's... married to Rihanna. I'm, you know, I'm sponsored by Givenchy. Like, I don't, I don't need to rap anymore. More accurately, I guess he's one of the like the more well known rappers. Yeah, today. he's definitely one of the most famous rappers in the scene. Uh, but even still, like you have your idols, mm-hmm. and Nas, you know, even if you only liked, you know, Illmatic and maybe Stillmatic or whatever, mm-hmm. uh, he's still. One of the OGs, still one of the like the best to do it. So yeah, you could hear it meant something. Yeah, it, to, it meant something to, to be on this song. Yeah, um, and dude, and deservedly so, man. I there are so many Nas lines on this record that I fucking love. I'll go through them real quick. A few that I had to write down, man. Uh, I love the, I got that feeling, Lionel Richie dancing on the ceiling. Hope it resembles a Van Gogh when you paint me the villain. Yeah. <sighs> That's so fucking hard. Uh, I love, homie, you gotta feel me from Cali to the Cali Ope. Slicker in the Desi Arnaz on my Copacabana flow. In Houston with a thick, a thick one eating Papa Doe. I'm like, ah, oh, calling out Papa Doe's in Houston. That was cool. Uh, yeah, because you're from Houston. Yeah. that's Everyone knows that, Brett. You don't have to. <laughs> yeah, no, joke landed. Everyone, all right, everyone's read your Wikipedia reference. Landed. Uh, I love, I love that he gives um, props to some of the you know current artists right now that are killing it. Where he goes, me, Jay, and Frank White, which he's talking about like me, Jay Z, and, and Notorious B.I.G. Right, is like yeah. Cole, Drizzy, and Kenny. I'm like, dude, he just like so just in the coolest, you know, nonchalant way, just said like J. Cole, Drake, and you know. Kendrick Lamar are like me, Jay-Z, and Notorious B.I.G. I'm like, holy fuck. 
Yeah, like uh, there was a a line on one song that <laughs> I forgot where he was talking about like we need to stop, you know, wrecking each other and start adjusting each other's crowns, right? Yeah. Uh, and that it seems like that's exactly what he was doing with that line. Is that like he was like, we're all great. <laughs> yeah, like y'all are fucking amazing. Like if there was a Mount Rushmore with six heads. It'd be the six of us. It'd be those six. Yeah. (laughs) Which is fucking cool. It's cool to have like a, uh, like you said, like an OG give props to the new, to the new guys who are going to be, who are already legendary and are going to be legendary forever in the the scene. You know, as, as little as I like Drake's music. I mean, yeah. People fucking love it. So I am not at all a fan of Drake, especially. I mean, the longer he goes on, the worse it gets. I stopped giving him a chance a long time ago. I just, he was so huge. And then I listened to his music and I'm like, wow, I don't, I'm not feeling this at all. And especially not feeling his beats. Yeah. It, yeah. His it's just chill like, ass beats that never have a bass on them, like, drive you, me insane. You talk about a, you talk about a dude who's uh, like riding on his laurels. <laughs> yeah right he's just like I, it is all in my voice this whole song but is just my voice I'm like your voice isn't that great to to say he's not influential to a massive degree is, he is, is it? just as, denying yourself. as little as I understand it you know I I have to give him his due uh, got any other lines nah man do you do you have any were there any lines that stood out to you uh, for whatever reason I thought like the beginning of speechless I'm 21 years past the 27 club it's like i went back and sped my history up <laughs> yeah yeah i know it was i, I thought about. it was a cool way to start the album because it kind of just like i don't know it gives off his experience and it shows that he acknowledges that you know he's uh he he's not like a young thug anymore or whatever yeah he um he was he was very impressive on this record, man, and uh, I'm definitely gonna listen to King's Disease one and two, and probably fucking love them and, unless they're 46 minutes long. Then we'll see what happens. <laughs> yeah, we'll uh, we'll see. Looking forward to King's Disease three. Was there a uh, song? Was there a song on this record that you didn't like? Mm, no, man, not really. There, were, every song was like, every song was tight. It, it's not like any of the songs took any risks to be abhorrently bad or anything like that. Yeah. There was nothing challenging on the I was, record. I was kind of hoping that woo for the children would be a little more of like a Wu Tang type of beat. I stuff. did love the beat on it, but I was hoping for it's, the same. Yeah. It's a good beat. It's, yeah. it's like not at all like Wu Tang. No, uh, I thought the truth uh, had more of a Wu Tang style beat on it. Right. Yeah. yeah. Which is, that's weird, right? <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm sure they like thought we're not going to put it on this beat. We're going to put it on this other one. Maybe they thought it was too on the nose to put a the woo sounding beat on you know a song named after them. Yeah, maybe. But I, I will say my least favorite song is "Ugly," and I still Ugly. like it. But it's just my least favorite because it, it felt like it kind of a the a blend of lo-fi, you know, war, the warbly lo-fi stuff blended yeah. with. Uh, like an old Kanye beat where he uses that like chipmunk soul type of samples. And I'm just so over that sound that I I still uh, love that sound. Yeah. See a lot of people do, man. And I I just, I can't, I can't really, it got so overdone 
that um, I started to kind of hate it a little bit. But uh, that's the only reason I it's my least favorite song, but still, Ugly is a great track. Well, let's get to our favorite tracks, man. Yeah, dude. I, this, these switched around quite a bit for me, so... Uh, it is time, it is time, it is time for Choice Nugs. It is time, it is time, it is time for Choice Nugs. Let's get into the Choice Nugs, dude. What, what is your first Choice Nug? My first Choice Nug is the first song on the album, Speechless. I think it's a great way to start this album. Mm-hmm. It has that those cool, echoey kind of reverb guitars in the back that I really like. I really like the guitar. I I'm, thought it was really cool. Such a fan of whenever they like do that in rap songs where they kind of have this like echoey. It's almost a trope at this point, like the kind of yeah. But this one was this one didn't feel cheesy or like uh, a derivative at all. No, not at all. Man, yeah, uh, the beat is so cool. Very chill. Um, I was trying to figure out how to describe it because it's it's not jazzy. But it is. I mean, I, I thought of it as like kind of ethereal with a boom bap drum on it. Yeah, ethereal is a good way to put it because it is just kind of spacey and there's some like pan synth going on and yeah. it's really echoey. You know, just a, a on the you know high E of the guitar, just doing like <laughs> just very yeah. Oh man, yeah. There's there's a lot of space and a lot of room on this entire record, uh, but I think this song in particular makes really good use of that space, and that juxtaposed with Nas's kind of going hard delivery, but it's also effortless. Yeah, man, this uh, it doesn't sound it. That's a, that's the coolest thing about Nas is that it doesn't sound like he's trying hard, and it sounds like. Uh, these things like these lyrics are just flowing out of him like pen right. to paper and i love the part of the second verse where he's talking about you know basically all the people who were saying that he had kind of lost his you know he, he's like oh man Nas is, has fallen off like he can't do it anymore you know that part of his career is kind of what he's talking about and he's saying like i want to leave these people speechless with like these this record that i'm putting out right now and i love right. like the way that he the way that he's talking about it in the second verse, I think is such a cool way where he says like, uh, pick a down on his luck rapper. I bet he's broke with the arrogance of a crack, a crackhead mad at a weed smoker or a pill taker who hated distilled wine drinker, a killer who used a gun to hate on a knife swinger. All right. I get it. You know, like it's, it's like, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, so like picking on someone who is just trying, is basically doing the same shit you're doing. You're just yeah. you don't like the way he's doing it, so he's doing yeah. it wrong for some reason. And I thought it was just such a, a clever way to put it. Uh, yeah, this one was one of my choice nugs, and it bounced around, man. Hey, yeah, all right. And and I I would say this is the the chorus in this song is probably one of my favorites on the record. Right. Yeah, I think uh, there are a couple hooks that didn't really speak to me. I think. Uh, uh, Meet Joe Black is one of them. Yeah, Meet Joe like, Black. I thought honestly was one of my favorites too. Yeah. Float like Meet Joe Black. Like basically, like talk shit. I'm gonna kill you. <laughs> and it was a random reference to a Brad Pitt '90s Brad Pitt movie, but I like the way he used it. He made it hard. 
you know. But yeah, this I like the the hook on uh, on Speechless. Like it it feels like an old '90s, you know, uh, like you said, like boom bap East Coast hook that they would talk about, like yeah. just talking about all the shit that goes on in the hood, and uh, and you know, kind of glorifying it, but also saying you know like the shit sucks. Like it's still kind of a problem. <laughs> and I'm not it, happy about it, but this is what's going on. They do actually change the beat up a little bit when that hook comes in. Yeah, and so. he and it's the same thing like you said on Meet Joe Black, uh, on Speechless the same way where he sort of changes up his delivery a little bit too to to make you realize he's doing something different, <laughs> something yeah. different's happening right now, uh, which he doesn't do on the whole record. But Speechless is a great opener, man. Deserves to be someone's choice nug. Well, what's your second choice nug? Well, uh, my first choice nug, we haven't even oh. gotten to yet. If you just want me to, if you want me to skip it, you know that's rude, but I'll do it. I thought your uh, first choice nug was speechless. No, man, it was, but it bounced around. So I'm oh, telling, okay. I was shuffling things around as, as right. it went, you know, because uh, forty sixteen building was was one of my choice nugs. The first few times I was listening to this record, uh, fucking dedicated was one of my choice nugs. So it bounced around, but I landed on these two, and uh, the first one is. And I gotta say, it's mostly because of the feature is fucking Wave Gods with ASAP Rocky, man. Woo! Dude. He really impressed that's my, me. That's my nug as well. Really? That's, that's second your nug. second one? No shit, man. Yeah, that is between the beat and ASAP's verse, which he wrote so many lines for his feature. It, it's a minute long. It's Yeah, it's really impressive in, in his, his wordplay and the imagery that he's painting like talking about like everything from fashion to like you know weed and and uh you know uh, the day-to-day life in, as a you know as ASAP Rocky and and the the way that Nas kind of it's obviously that they collaborated on this song because Nas right. is doing a similar type of idea in his verse and Nas's verse is fucking great too um yeah man it, it really made the song for me yeah man it, it's a it's a fantastic feature i love the the DJ Premier cuts. I love that. It was so 90s throwback get on, for me. Get so, get on. Yeah, I, I mean, <laughs> mixing up like like Cool G Rap, Snoop Dogg, Raekwon, bring in all these like classic uh, samples from, you know, 90s hip hop and 80s hip hop. And, and it's such a cool DJ Premier thing to do. It's such a cool feature <laughs> to have on this song. Um, it's you know they're they're kind of talking about like hip hop history throughout the song right. too. Um, yeah, really. Like fun, in man. the uh, in the hook when yeah. uh, you know me and Hip Boy they say we like the new gang star and me and Flacco and Max B who's uh, getting out of jail soon I guess. <laughs> <laughs> so that's good to know. I love uh, ASAP's line: "The twelve sh- twelve shells in the gauge like a carton of eggs." <laughs> Yeah. That's so fucking hard. <laughs> oh man! I love rock the pearls and diamonds, break the promise, break her wallets, break her heart, and break her pockets. Taking notes like guidance counselors. Like he's uh he was really going for it, man. And uh, yeah, I, it, honestly, last thing I expected was for ASAP Rocky to make a song for me, and to almost be one of my favorite things on an entire record because I dislike his feature on Action Bronson so much. Uh, but he made it for me on this one, man. Yeah, what well, I mean, he's he, it's a fantastic feature. I like Nas's verse a little better. 
it seems like he like maybe ASAP brought a little something out of him. It seems like he's going a little harder now. He's putting like a little more effort into uh like going hard on the verse. Not not like effort like he was slacking before or anything. You know what's interesting is that he he writes about half the amount of lines that ASAP Rocky wrote for the first verse. And Nas's verse might be even better. <laughs> I mean, it's Nas, you know. <laughs> He's like, I'll do half of what you did <laughs> and, it, it, and make it better. I love his wordplay with the numbers, the way that he was uh, talking numbers on the on his verse. I thought was really kind of right. clever. Uh, Juvie and nine eight uh, got my first pair of J's. Thought I was two three. Yeah, I just like that. Those little touches where he, he didn't just do it once, he did it twice. And he did it in different ways. And uh, that's part of the you know the subtle genius. The mastery of the craft, you know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, it's just another like short song. We get like two verses, two hooks, uh, kind of an outro. <laughs> it was like, tell hit, we got a hit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's that's no the part of ASAP that I'm not impressed with. Oh come on. Have fun <laughs> in the studio, man. Get over it. We're this we're not here to have fun, Brett. Tell hit we gotta hit hey. This is serious. <laughs> but that's cool. That was your, your second choice snug, man. I, I was I thought that was gonna be your first. I thought we were gonna have the same ones again. I mean in in no particular order, I I, I guess I'd say Wave Gods is I like it a little more than Speechless. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, and I think, you know, the beat behind it is cool with the those kind of, like, synths, those rising synths. And it it's a bit minimal, but there's a little more going on in the vocals, I think. Yeah, I agree. Um, that's why, you know, I bounced around. Like, Speechless was it for a little bit. And then, you know, that moved from one to another, and then it moved to, it landed on Wave Gods, and... And uh, it never left. <laughs> and well, my second choice, Nug. We're following that same trend where you like one song so much, you tend to is, like the next one so much. It's scarily, this is becoming less of a theory and more of just like a quantifiable fact. Yeah, I think this is, we're figuring out some scientific brain chemical thing that's happening here. <laughs> <laughs> we're breaking like it down to the, the, it, it just the new chromes. Your yeah. second nug is the truth. The truth. The it follows wave gods and uh, man, it's a combination of the beat that goes so fucking hard on this song, and it's probably even though it's still very chill, probably the most aggressive beat on the song. Sure. Yeah. And Nas's delivery is just a little more hype. A little more aggressive, a little louder, a little stronger, you know, not as laid back sounding. And it works so well on this song and uh, his fucking rhymes, dude. It's the whole thing just came together perfectly. And I I, I would say this is my favorite song on the record. Yeah, well, given that he's talking like he's mentioning about nonviolent crimes, doing hard time for nonviolent crimes, uh, bloody murder in the 80s. Yeah, I mean, he's uh, talking about, like, you know, <laughs> it, basically all the horrible shit that he grew up with that he doesn't want the new rappers and the young guys growing up right now to have to go through. So he's just like, get out of that shit. 
You know, these yeah. guys who still, you know, wave guns around and and talk shit that, you know, they're still with, you know, putting down ops or whatever. They all got yeah. ops. Like, it's, uh, he's, you know, I think he's kind of talking to those guys right now on this song. Yeah, it seems kind of like through the whole record that he's, you know, he's he's standing his ground. He's telling everyone that he's one of the best, but he's also kind of encouraging, uh, you know, rappers and, and just the the next generation to yeah to better their situation yeah it sounds like he's not it sounds like there's no putting on airs on this record like a lot of his lyrics sound very uh heartfelt and like genuine and Mm. uh it sounded like that on this one you know where he's he's recalling shit that he went through and and talking about it and you know saying like yeah, like bloody murder in the '80s. He had swayed Louis seats in his in the bourbon. You know, he did dirty. His Senate started turning. Like it's like yeah, he had Louis Vuitton swayed seats in his suburban in the '80s. But he also fucking killed someone and it went to prison. And you know all this. It's like you know he's saying yeah, there was some stuff that was cool. And then but you know the the way that these people got that money was doing fucked up shit. And now yeah. you have an opportunity if you're talented to you know do something else. And I think that's what he's trying to get at here. And, and, uh, and some of the uh, cooler lines on this one too, like pick an Island anywhere for your happy solo return. And when I'm gone, I pray my family don't get the cash and burn it to the floor. Black fours laced up Galactica glaciers, 88 carats, immaculate paste stubs. Just yeah. fucking badass. Cool dude. Line. So badass. Yeah. I love this song. Well, I love this album. I do too, man. Um, let's get into our ratings. Yeah. What is your Why don't you go first? All right. Yeah, that's that's a very gentlemanly of you. Yeah, no problem. Very it, kind I, of you. I I just want to. You know, show that I'm kind of above you. I'll let you take the spotlight for a little bit. <laughs> you're giving me the spotlight for a second. I, I mean, I'm I'm gonna take it back. No, no, you're, I'm gonna I'm bas- I'm gonna tan in it. You know, but I'll I'll let you get a li- I'll let you get some vitamin vitamin D. I hope I get melanoma from the spotlight. Is how much <laughs> I want it. Well, uh, we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. Well, um, yeah, man. Um, really, really enjoy this record. It's a vibe throughout the whole thing. It's uh, bite size compared to a lot of records that come out, which make me sure. like it even more. Uh, you know, bringing bringing back the Zach Foxes and the Action Bronsons of the world. Uh, how much I love those types of albums, and yeah, man, Nas is on his fucking, you know, on the on his on point on this whole record. I can't believe it's his 14th studio album, and it's one of the best <laughs> things I've heard from him in a long time. I was like, how do you, what else do you have to talk about after like three decades of writing rap music? Dude, I wrote 20 songs for our band and I'm just like, I'm tapped. (laughs) That's it. That's it. I got nothing more. From our D&D campaign. I haven't written a song uh, in two years. I I got nothing right now. (laughs) And I'm not, you know, I'm not going to force it. And maybe Nas was forcing it for a little bit and people say he fell off. And this feels like a very natural thing for him. Hit Boy is right there with them. Um, yep. Perfect beats for Nas, uh, perfect length of songs, like great producing where, you know, three minutes and 15 seconds is enough. Let's move on. Uh, so I'm going to give this a solid rating, man. I'm going to give it like a, 
you know, I don't know why I don't want to give it a nine something, but I would say it's just, I, maybe I didn't just, I didn't enjoy it that much and it didn't blow me away, but I really, really liked it. So I'm going to give it an 8.0. You know, I, I think you're staying away from a nine because from what I've heard, King's Disease 1 and 2, especially 2, uh, just has bigger concept stuff. It, it has yeah. a lot, you know, it's got a lot of effort put into it where this album seemed kind of effortless, you know? And, and still uh, very impressive being effortless, but I definitely feel, I agree. I, I feel like uh, I really, really enjoyed it, but it didn't blow me away. And I, I feel like King's Disease 1 or 2, or maybe both, uh, might be might be in the nines for you, and and maybe even me. I can't wait to hear it, man. Honestly, I'm probably gonna pop it on today. <laughs> yeah, uh, I I feel the same way. I I think this is a great vibe throughout the entire record. Songs are short and sweet. Uh, unlike this podcast, <laughs> <laughs> I know where every time we bring it up, I feel like a hypocrite. But you know what? Whatever. Dude, I think we're doing really well at keeping this around an hour. I think an hour is an acceptable length. <laughs> uh, the the beats are all great. There's not a single bad beat on here, but there's also really not a single impressive moment aside from, you know, some Nas lines. There, yeah. there aren't really any moments that are going to blow your mind or anything. Uh, yeah. The beats stay the same throughout the entire song, which is something that Lucas likes and I'm not as much a fan of. Right. Uh, and I think on, uh, in on one of the songs he said, he, he's talking about, you got to be a special type of person to like my life. You got to be a special type of person to, you know, understand my lyrics and really vibe with my lyrics. And I'm definitely not that person. <laughs> <laughs> So obviously I'm not going to like appreciate this as much as people who've gone through the same stuff Nas has gone through. Uh, and with that being said, I'm going to put this one on, I'm going to give this one a 7.2. Solid. Which is, I mean, it's pretty solid. I fucking buried I, the lead there, man. I was just like, is this guy about to give this thing a four point something after all the <laughs> praise we just gave this album? <laughs> you're like i don't connect with this i i don't get the lyrics but i, I that nothing uh, impressed that point, me that point boost uh was given because even though i like beats that evolve and change throughout a song i still really liked the songs and it's yeah. not like it was ever tiring or boring mm -hmm. it's not like i was ever you know just kind of like it, it, my eyes glazed over or anything even though this is an easy album to kind of zone out to. For sure. It's it's very chill. Like we said, vibes. And after... Four ceiling vibes. It, it, Nas released an album in 2018. He released an album in 2020. In 2021, this is the second record he released in 2021. And he still has interesting things to say. And he still has interesting things to put out into both the world and like the rap game and stuff. And, and that's so impressive to me. Very. Uh, and him and hit boy, they're, they're, you know, bond. Is, I mean, is just, this. yeah, that's, that's a, they have some sort of blood oath going or something like they, there's some sort of sanaria <laughs> there, going on. There's there. some sort of ritual happening. Yeah. Here. There's, there's some voodoo. <laughs> and so it, 
you know, maybe uh, maybe some of that, maybe this uh, higher rating than I would usually give it is built upon my excitement to like listen to the records that came before this and my hype to listen to the next record they have. That's such a great indictment of this record, man, that it got you hyped to listen to more of his shit. That's, I mean, that's exactly what he was doing, right? Yeah. He, he's keeping everyone at attention. He's like, I released two amazing records in the last two years, but I'm not done yet. Yep. Do not sleep on me. I'm coming back. Man, well, I had a great time listening to this record. Buddies, what did you guys think? Did you guys check out this album? Are you guys huge fans of Nas? Do you, you know, did you, are you as impressed as, as we are with this? Because I liked it, man. Did you, did you hear the first Kings? Did you hear the first two Kings Disease records and think, uh, I can skip past this? This probably has nothing for me. Yeah, tell us what those are like, man. Let us know on our Instagram at EBPcast or, you know, go to my personal and send me a DM and be weird about it at Jean Luc Guitard. Send Brett pictures of your feet for some reason at Brett Hanrahan. Please don't do that. <laughs> at least send, at least send the, the, the bits I'd like to see. Yeah, send send the the, elbow. the the bits and the bobs that he'd like to see. Uh, the I'll elbow, accept, you're into elbows. I'll accept elbow pics. I'll accept uh, sword pictures. Ooh. I like to look at people with swords. I think that's very cool. You like mall ninja shit? Ma- yeah, mall ninjas. <laughs> if you're a mall goth, if you're a cosplayer, mall goth. Uh, that's that's mainly what's gonna uh, get the little guy uh, up and at attention. All right. Well, now you know, buddies. Get the little guy up and at attention by giving us a like and a follow. Check us out on YouTube and every other place you can find podcasts. Uh, and thank you for listening. Uh, Brett, what would you rate this episode? You know what? I'm going to rate this one. I'm going to rate this one an eight point whatever wait, 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 you gave wait, wait, it. Whatever you gave it. And me too. Okay, well, what what do we have next on the chopping block, Lucas? Next, we, we're going to have a guest on our next episode, Brettjamin. And uh, it is a good friend of ours. Her name is Erin. And she's bringing an album that I've never heard before by a band that I've probably heard 10 seconds total of in my entire life. The album <laughs> is called Guster on Ice. It is a live from Portland record from the band Guster. This is, this is our first live album. Our first uh, live album that we're gonna listen to. I never expected this to even. I never even considered this as an option. Uh, <laughs> I, I I don't like live records, and uh, she said that she swears it has really good production. It's one of her favorite records, and I'm really excited to talk about it. So yeah, buddies, listen to Guster on Ice. Look forward to it. I'm looking forward to it, man. Brett, I uh, I'd like to say, in an ideal world. Uh-huh. If you had a gun to my head. Yeah. Which I do. Every episode. You're pointing yeah. a gun at the camera. And if I fire it, it will hit you. Yeah, I know. I just, <laughs> I just need you to know that. I understand physics. Uh, I want to say, though, that this was good. You know what, Lucas? Even if you didn't have a gun to my head, which you do. I always uh, do. We... We, we never look at each other on Skype because we, we just have guns blocking the camera. Yeah, I get scared every time I look. Um, I think even without that gun to my head, I'd, I would say that this was good. Bye, buddy. Bye, y'all. See you next time. And a three and a two and a key.